and you know, the, the different styles of music he plays, you know, with, yes. with, the, with the Seeger sessions, um, when he, when he was solo and, and just, you know, um, Western Star is, is a whole nother genre, yeah. so to speak. He, it's just, just, just amazing, you know, how, you know, how he went from being, being somebody who was looking for a job as a guitarist when he was 16 <laughs> and now, you know, just, just super, super. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me is a new friend that we met via social media, Bud McLaughlin. Bud, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jesse. Glad to be here, man. Yeah, I, I am so thrilled you're joining me. Uh, so tell us a little about yourself. Um, well, I am uh, was semi-retired, but I'm a editor of a business journal here in Huntsville, Alabama. It's a monthly publication. We do newsprint and online. So we're touching the past and, and the present with it. And I'm also a part-timer with our minor league baseball team we have here, the Rocket City Trash Pandas. And uh, their inaugural season was supposed to be this past spring or summer, but uh, this little coronavirus. Uh, and so our inaugural season was called off two and a half weeks before opening day. So just going through the motions now, um, operating a store and uh, trying to get ready for next season. You know, um, the Texas Rangers had the new ballpark this year. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so, you know, it just broke our hearts that you couldn't go there. Um, then it very weird, right? They ended up hosting a World Series. The World Series. Which is just, just, just <laughs> makes no you, sense whatsoever. You're going, this isn't fair. I can't go there. Why do these out-of-towners get together before me (laughs) absolutely my um and so uh we uh we love well my son and i love going to the minor league park i I think my wife will you know say really do we have to go to another ball game like yes this is fun (laughs) that sounds familiar (laughs) yes um what was funny is we were in memphis and they have a beautiful little park right there in downtown Memphis. It's just a yep. great uh, facility. And, um, but it's a St. Louis affiliate. Right. And so um, all the pain of the Rangers losing to St. Louis, you know, oh. <laughs> just was like, oh, it's too soon, too soon. <laughs> and in fact, um, we, we had driven up from Dallas up to St. Louis to attend a, um, a kind of bourbon dinner. Uh, and, uh, we, we went through the arc and we did a lot of, you know, the things that you would do as a tourist and you could see the baseball stadium. And I was like, too soon, too soon, still too soon. Too soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed that you get a season next year, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When, you know, we were kind of optimistic then, you know, um, whatever broke loose the last couple of weeks and, you know, we're back up, back up in fact, uh, you know, higher numbers than we were back in the spring. So it's really semi disheartening, but you got to, got to, got to have, got to have hope. I mean, this is the what land of hope and dreams. Oops, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's true, bud. And, and, you know, uh, we are all pulling for better days. Oh, uh, right. Uh, it was, it's interesting. Um, I was just watching um, MSNBC uh, earlier this evening and, you know, they had one of the medical guys that said right now only about 50 something 55 percent of people are wearing masks he said if we could get that to 95 percent we would save seventy-five thousand people from dying i mean Just, that's, I, don't, I don't i don't understand why i mean why not yeah <laughs> I, I don't get it either yeah and so how are you uh, i mean you know you've touched on a little bit how are you and your family doing during the this COVID crisis. Uh, we're 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 doing fine here. Um, I've got a son and and a daughter-in-law. And they're they've got uh, three da- three kids, uh, and their youngest um, he's 
just turned two and a half. He had a couple heart surgeries in his first year of, of life. So they are, they do not see anybody. You know, we, we have drop-offs when we go see them and keep our, you know, they're, they're like in a, com- not saying a compound. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're making sure they don't, they don't have any chance at all of, of getting anything because, because of Ian. Oh, but, absolutely. Uh, other than that, um, um, I had, um, my, I have another son, he and his family were, were, uh, sick, but they, they didn't have any of the adverse, you know, really bad effects of it. Um, they, they live about 200 miles Southeast of us or Southwest of us. And, uh, but mm-hmm. they, they, they're, they're doing fine. So we're, we're, uh, knock on wood and, and all that fingers and toes crossed. We're, we're, we're holding our own here. <laughs> well, very nice. I am glad to hear it. So, um, you know, but I always like to start at the beginning. So uh, talk to me about where you grew up um, and, you know, was your family musical? Did you guys listen to a lot of music when you were a kid? Um, I grew up um, in a town called Pennsville in New Jersey. And oh, okay. Exit 1A. It's <laughs> and it's right at right at the Delaware Memorial Bridge uh, across, across from Wilmington, Delaware. So we're, we're a, a river town in South Jersey. It's basically down river about uh, 25 miles from Philly. And, um, so music wise, um, my dad, not so much. He was a factory worker. So, <laughs> and, uh, but my mom, she had the transistor radio going in the, in the kitchen with, uh, um, Tom Jones and, uh, Frank Sinatra. And as she uh, used to refer to it as my anchor dink, uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. And, uh, that's and, funny. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and she she really loved the Christmas to Christmas music um, that the local radio station would play. And um, when she passed uh, about eight years ago, she left me her Frank Sinatra collection and a couple of Inkerdink albums. <laughs> so that's but that nice. Was, that was that was a it, I was a um, you know in the I was in the high school and junior high school band from uh, seventh grade till I graduated um, French horn and or and the marching band was the Melophonium, which is French, basically a French horn straightened out. And so when you started reaching high school, um, what kind of, how, what was your music taste? What did it develop into? Um, my, the first record was a 45 I bought was Immigrant Song by, uh, by Zepp. And, uh, then my first album was uh, Black Sabbath Paranoid, and my second album was Grand Funk Live. And uh, so, so you see where my yes, music absolutely, <laughs> yes. This. You know, this was I was a uh, you know this was sixty nine seventy, so I was I was on that on that path. And then, um, you know, I was touched a little bit by CSNY, Cross uh, Nash and Young, and particularly the the sound the song Ohio really really struck a chord with me, and uh, so that turned turned me, you know, with them and also, you know, helped mold some of my political leanings as well. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, and when, uh, about when are you going to high school? What time frame? I, I graduated 73. Okay, so I graduated in 77. Okay. So, yeah, yeah um, you know, close, but also different eras. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was a lot more pop and disco, uh, <laughs> you know. So, um, growing up in Jersey, by the way, how did you get to Alabama? Um, well, I was uh, went to Auburn University, and what it was, I during my high school years, I worked um, at a supermarket called Acme. Uh, which was the big chain in South Jersey and the Philadelphia area. And I also worked uh, for my junior and senior years in high school at a pharmacy, a local pharmacy. So I was struck by, you know, how, how that profession was. Uh, the owner was a friend of my mom's. So I said, well, maybe I'll go major in, far- maybe major in pharmacy. I had already been accepted to a college in Western Pennsylvania for political science because I was looking at pre-law, you know, just your typical junior, senior high school, didn't know where I wanted to go. So I just applied for pharmacy, went to the guidance office in my high school in alphabetical order, looked for colleges that had, art, that had pharmacy and Auburn University was A and I said, okay, that's neat. I, we've been to the South. To me, when we had family vacations, it'd be Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So that to me was my Southern experience. And I applied and got accepted and ended up going to Auburn University. And but 
uh, by March of my freshman year, I had changed curriculum. I, chemistry and I didn't get along. I can imagine. Yes, that that would be. I was thinking that sounds like a hard major. So um, that's funny because I almost asked you at the beginning, like, okay, um, Alabama or Auburn? So yeah, uh, yeah. It's now right. you know yeah, exactly right. Uh, yeah, um, you know, it's funny because I grew up. Uh, my dad was in the army, moved around a lot, but by the time we settled. Um, it was in Louisiana. My, you know, my grandparents oh. had a dairy farm and, um, you know, it's strange because like everyone's an LSU fan. They're just, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, totally you know, it doesn't even exist. Yes. My, my favorite joke is, um, uh, half of the LSU fans didn't graduate from high school, you Ooh, know, yes. much less from LSU. Well, that, uh, yeah, that's, that's the side what we, we call uh, a lot of Alabama fans are same way. They didn't go to Bama. Yeah. They, they've never been to Tuscaloosa. They're, we call them the sidewalk fans. And yeah. when, when Nick Saban leaves, um, it's going to be interesting how many of them still have those flags flying from their cars. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a very interesting. Um, it, it was interesting, and, and I promise listeners we'll get back to Bruce, but, um, you know, when I moved up here from, my wife and I got married in 84, and 86, we moved to Dallas, and I had never really experienced the passion of college football, Oh, my, yeah. you know, because, you know, there's A&M, and there's UT, and there's Baylor, and there's SMU, and there's, you know, Texas Tech, and it's just all this, you know, frac, you know, factions, and, and uh, this fandom, right. you know, and it, it's funny, right, like, you'll hear someone call a sports station ranting, and they'll go, okay, hold up, before you say anything else, you know, what's your allegiance? Well, yeah, I went to A&M. Okay, you know, like, you know, yeah. like okay, we got to know where you're coming from. And so that's interesting. But yeah, that was an eye opening when I went to Auburn, because in Jersey, um, pro sports yes. are dominant. I mean, my high school and the conference we were in, we played our high school football games on Saturday afternoons. And yes. you dare not do that in Texas or Alabama or, you know, right. down there. That's, that's, a, that, that's a, um, not, not, not right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. Absolutely. Well, um, so you're growing up in Jersey, um, but you know, early. Mm -hmm. uh, so when did you discover Bruce and how did you? It was, um, it was after my freshman year, uh, my best friend in high school went to the University of Delaware, uh, which was like 10 minutes from our hometown in, in Newark, not Newark, Newark, Delaware. And uh, he, he told me ab about uh, Springsteen, um, his, his, he was learning about him there. And so in, it was in 74, August, of, August or September of 74, um, I was still home for the summer from, from Auburn. And uh, there's a bar made out of a church in Newark called the Stone Balloon. And uh, Bruce was, was there. He had, was having a show there. And John, my friend John, said, hey, let's, let's go see, you know, here, here's the guy I want to show you. And, and so we went there and, and you know, it was, it was struck right, right away. It, it was just, just amazing the, um, how, how just a few tunes and all of a sudden I'm going, well, you know, forget Sabbath, forget, <laughs> forget uh, Zeppelin, you know, I, I, I know where I know where my music's going now. Can I always ask this question, and it's it, you know, it, sometimes it's difficult to say, but can you say what about his music spoke to you? Um, I think uh, one of the things that spoke to me was the his size. <laughs> you know, he's he was a skinny five nine ish five ten ish guy just like just like me and and right. you know and, I, and so i could really you know he was the first person you know famous person so he wasn't famous yet of course but who i could i could relate to and then then a, a, a couple couple of his songs um they were they were definitely about the shore and because we would we would go to the shore we'd hang out in, in a place called wildwood and and which was just uh, about an hour south of asbury on on the, on the jersey shore and uh you know, those, those things were, you know, what he was talking about and they, they, they related just, just as well. And it was just, just, you know, just, there was just something about it. You know, just, some, I don't know, magical is the word. But yeah. You know, there, there, there was a, there was a commonality in there. So, Bud, you know, you 
jumped on the Bruce train pretty early then. Yeah. Right. So, um, have you, have you, has he been consistent, your fandom? Oh, yeah. And especially, especially with Letter to You. Um, yeah. I, I will up um, when I hear someone's, because I'm, I, I can, I can relate. Uh, Ghosts, uh, Power of Prayer, you know, yeah. and Letter to You, Last Man Standing. Because, um, uh, you know, Last Man Standing kind of relates because my friend John passed several years ago. Yeah. So, and, and of course, ghosts, you know, I'm, I'm 65, will be 66 in a couple months. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, seeing that as it goes along. So yeah, he, and then when he, you know, his other earlier before, you know, when he talked about his, his hometown and then, then growing up and, you know, that's, that's all, you know, it all struck, you know, struck a chord. And then born in the USA, um, I had a draft number, Mm -hmm. um, but I was fortunate that I didn't get a call. It was, it was a zero zero three. And at the time they were looking at taking the first 10. Yeah. And so, you know, so, and that, that, that really struck a chord with me, even though it was, you know, 15, 10, 15 years after the, the draft, it still, it still yeah. resonated. Did, so I always, this wasn't on the agenda, but can I'm always fascinated by people that were there kind of at the beginning of the journey. And like, how did you feel during the dark periods, right? Like he fires the band, he moves to Los Angeles and all of a sudden there's no new albums. He's not really touring. I mean, what were your feelings as a fan back then? I was, I was nervous because I thought, wow, is it, is it over already? I mean, you're, you're just hitting the apex. That's, that's how I thought. And then, then, or, you know, is that what he's thinking that, okay, I've reached the pinnacle. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm done now, but that, that just didn't seem to be like, you know, that didn't seem to be the guy who was writing these songs that he would, he would quit there. He, there's gotta be something, something more. And so, so it was, you know, you know, I, I won't say I was fishing around to, to find somebody else to fill the void um, mm. because, you know, he had the, the, the previous albums and, and records. But yeah, it was it was it was strange, and uh, it was a uh, and very much welcome when 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 the re- when he started coming back, and then when had the big reunion with the band, you could see it happening. With every now and then, somebody would drop in on a performance or such, and say, "Okay, may, maybe maybe he's not done." Absolutely, I you know, and um. I had a I had a guy join me just a few weeks ago, uh, Daniel Broderick, and you know he talked about that when he was attending the reunion shows, you know, ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety nine. He's like, okay, this is it. This will be like you know we they've come back. They've had this massive tour. Maybe every few years they'll get together and pull everyone together and do a tour. But, you know, this is, uh, as you mentioned, the apex. This is the culmination of Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band. He said, if you had told me in 99 that what the next, you know, 15, 20 years would bring, right, that you would (laughs) have the rising, you know, magic seeger sessions you know worldwide tours western stars letter to you broadway he said i i would not have believed it yeah that's and you, you it's like i guess a second wind he had and yes and and so you, the reunion tour and and really you know, you know as as strange as it sounds 911 may have reignited his passion for writing i um, think so because that had a cause and then then things politically got got murkier and such and so he was able to to relate to that and and the way um it was almost like his his beginning roots you know with with the economy and with with families and and it was the same thing and here he is you know here he is in his uh 40s and and 50s and going oh my god it's it's happening all over again and and he has this well of uh of words and music that's just waiting for him to put the pen to paper and and he's able to spill it out for us. You know what I think is really fascinating 
um, we, I've had this discussion with a couple of people is if you like there are people who are true Sinatra fans that will talk about the phases of Sinatra's career and his voice, you mm -hmm. know, and there are really talented Sinatra impressionists who can change their voice and sound the different eras. And I often think of, you know, Bruce keeps having the errors. There was the early years. There was the superstar, you know, the born in the U.S., maybe the river, born in the U.S.A., you know, and then you kind of think, okay, well, you've got the uh, renaissance, and now then elder statesman, you know, because like with, with Broadway and then the Western Stars film, but then letter to you, and and I know this may be uh, blasphemy to some people, but there are songs on there that you go, oh my goodness, I could see this. This stands up to a lot of his earlier material. And, and he, this is fascinating album that someone at 70, to use, still has his fastball. Yeah, right? yeah. Like he exactly, still yeah. can do this. And, and, he, and, and, and as you know, two, three of the songs were from his, right. his and he's able to incorporate that and and, yeah. and they and they work yes. and you know, 40 50 years later which is just i mean that's that's strictly amazing yeah okay? and he does yeah he still has this fastball and he 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 brought it too with letter yeah. to you and i think too i was i was really enthralled watching the the documentary just seeing how they work behind the scenes and and, and such and that that just that's a whole opened a whole new vista i i guess to see see the work that goes into it and, and, and to see, see those guys. And, and again, they're, I see them, they look like me, you know, they looked like me 50 years ago and then, yeah. then we all look, look the same again. And so, you know, traveling that, traveling that same path together. Yeah. You know, you see them all like Bruce has leading, um, you know, his reading glasses on, you see yeah. Gary got his glasses on, you know, they all have legal pads with pens. That was know. really cool when he's just yeah. drumming on the guitar and they're writing the lead. And, 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 and I was, I've been a writer and such and covering sports events and stuff. And yeah. after, after games, I'll talk with the coach and I'm there with my pen and paper and others are there with holding their phones or holding their, right. their paper quarters. And somebody actually took a picture of me doing that because, you know, I'm, I'm, that's, that's the way. Yes. <laughs> well, and, you know, and supposedly, right, the story is um, either, um, you know, either, uh, you know, one of them, um, like either Gary or Max or one of them, you know, said, hey, um, instead of you recording these on demos and we come to the studio and try to beat the demo, right? Because, you know, why don't we try it this way? And I thought it was fascinating to see him playing on the guitar. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a scene, and I mentioned that to Maureen, right? Where little Steven, you know, he looks like Silvio. Like when he's saying, oh, you know what we need to do here, boss? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and you right, see... Yeah that that's their friendship and relationship is exactly. in that. And, um, and I, 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 I think everyone shines, but I think Max especially shines on oh, this it, film and this album. I'm in this album. It just shows how much work he does yeah. on each song and how, how it's, I mean, he is rhythm and, yeah. and it's, it's just, you know, the condition, you know, they talk about how Bruce's condition, you know, because of the three and a half, four hour marathon, well, he's got this guy behind him who's been swinging his sticks all the time, yeah. and and you and you actually and you see that in in the documentary. And it, I I I don't think I was more impressed with with any of the band members about the work they do in 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 recording than than seeing Max. I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah, it was, and it was just really neat uh, to hear them talk about. You know, I always like to preface this next question with a you know kind of a caveat that the amount of times you've seen Bruce is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. It could be right. your age, right. your, your economic situations where you're located, but yeah. um, have you, do you have a rough count of how many times you've seen him? I think it's a dozen. Um, okay. And, and it's been um, all, all over the board. Um, uh, Delaware, Alabama, uh, Virginia, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, 
just uh, just just different places. Um, but I'm the the one the first concert. Con you know, I, I won't count the '74 one as really a concert because that was that was the nightclub venue. Yeah. But um, the first first concert was in '76 um, mm -hmm. when he came to Auburn. Yeah. And, uh, and that that's an opportunity I had to actually meet him in the band too. Through a through a little hoax I, I had pulled on campus. <laughs> At this point, we had a slight technical glitch, but I lost our connection. So we've reconnected and we take up our conversation uh, from where we were. Um, all right. So you were telling me that while you're in college, Bruce comes to Auburn. Yeah. And you had a chance to interact with him in the band. Please right. tell that story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what, are, what had happened? Um, back, well, back then I was just a, let's see, 21 years old, but with a beard and longish curlyish hair. And that was his era. Yes. <laughs> and so, and, and a couple of my fraternity brothers said, you know, I, you know, it was, I was telling them about the music and playing, playing the songs for them. And they, they said something about a resemblance. And so we got some wild hair and um, one of, one of my fraternity brothers was in a band and there was a battle of the bands and uh, he made an announcement. So we said, okay, let's, let's try something. So he made an announcement that Springsteen was going to come to to campus before the show and walk around and just take a look at the venue. Mm -hmm. It wasn't going to be him. It was going to be me. Oh, how fun. <laughs> and I uh, had a couple of my fraternity brothers uh, as my quote escorts. So mm -hmm. I had my, I, and I had the floppy hat and, and, and everything and, and the beard and earring. I was, you know, and, and again, we're the same, same size. And yeah. so walked around campus, went to the main building on campus, main classroom building. Signed a couple autographs. Uh, got interviewed on the campus radio station. No way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It got out of hand. <laughs> wow. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so then um, then when showtime came, I uh, my date and I we went to the went to the arena, and I had leather jacket, um, the jeans, the the floppy hat again, and. And uh, we went walking around because I was looking for the guy, the, the student government guy who organized the show to see if, hey, is there a chance that, you know, you can meet, have, that I can meet Bruce? Yeah. And uh, so I was looking around, I was asking people, nobody saw that. His name was Skip. Nobody saw Skip. So I took my date and I, we went around to the, went around the back of the arena and there's, there's a you know, bunch of guys out in behind there throwing a softball, baseball around. And I just hear, hey, Bruce, Bruce, look at this. And then I just froze and said, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I went walking over, and it, it was the band. And mm -hmm. uh, they were all just started laughing. And then um, then he comes sauntering up. And, I, I mean, I, I won't forget this. He's wearing a yellow Bad News Bears T-shirt and green Army fatigues. Right. And um, so, he, you know. Um, we're, we're eye to eye. And I said, hi, how you doing? He said, hi, how you doing? You know, in his, in his way. Yeah. And, um, then uh, I asked, you know, did you hear, you know, what I had done? He said, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. And then, then I hear uh, Stephen go, look, even the noses. <laughs> we both had the same, that same, um, yeah. same, and we both looked at him. And <laughs> so, so it, that was, that was, that was who, but he invited us backstage after, after the show. And, um, and, and during the show, he went into the crowd and I was sitting by the sound guy and the sound guy was waving to him. So he was, but he never, he was going to come up to see. Yeah. And, uh, but he never would, he didn't get up there. And, uh, and uh, so then after the show went and talked with him and had him sign, I had the time and Newsweek magazines and, and he signed, he and Clarence signed both of them. Oh, how and, cool. And then one of the things um, Clarence, Clarence asked if I wanted, you know, join him outside you know for a little little smoke so to speak yeah and i said oh no thank you he said wow just like bruce <laughs> <laughs> and and then but the the highlight or maybe a thing that i semi regret um asked me if i wanted to go with them to join them on the next leg they were going to new orleans and uh i i said no i've got class and and 
to this day, I'm going, I, I'm not an A student. I'm not, a, you know, <laughs> yeah, the opportunity of a lifetime to, to get, go on tour bus with them. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was a, that was a, that little, is a great that memory. little minute with him. But <laughs> yeah. Did, uh, did anyone have a camera to take a picture? Um, yeah, there was somebody there taking a picture, but this was, uh, um, you know, back in 76. So it's, yeah. so, so anybody who had film, um, one of my fraternity brothers took pictures of it. Nobody did of us meeting it was cause it was just yeah. my date night there. Yeah. And, and you uh, know, back then, right. There's no camera phones. There's exactly. no thought. It just, yeah, it just, and, and in a way that's kind of makes it more special that it's just yeah. in your memory alone. Yeah. And yeah, so it, yeah, so that was, yeah, that was, that was, that was neat. And, you know, that just further strengthened my, you know, my following or so to speak. Or, or. I can imagine. Did, uh, have, have you ever met him again? No, no, ne- never have. I, you know, been, you know, been to, been to the shows. Um, the closest I got was when, um, on the Tunnel of Love tour, um, in Atlanta, I covered it for the, for my local paper. And okay. so I was, I did photos and, and write up. And so we were allowed at, at the foot of the stage for, for three songs to mm-hmm. take pictures. And then, then we had to leave and, and, and go to our seats. So that was the closest I got. And I got a couple, couple good shots of, of him. And, um, uh, and, but that was, that was, that was about it. it you know, maybe one other time in, in Virginia, I uh, had my youngest son or my oldest son now, he was my only son then, and the band was playing at the um, Scope Arena in Norfolk. Yeah, and uh, yeah. they they drove up, um, came in a just a van going to the back way, and and my son and I were there and just waved, and you know, couple, it was hard to see because they had the tinted glass windows. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, those were the only you know the only two close closer rushes, so to speak, with with Maine. <laughs> Well, you know, it's kind of hard to beat, though, your your initial meeting and have a chance to talk to them. And um, I do think, right, that um, this older bud wants to go back in time, tell young bud, look, you can miss three or four days of class. It's OK. Don't, don't blow it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure your mom and dad were very proud of you to be that st- conscientious of a student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the word. Yeah, yes. conscientious. <laughs> that is great. Um, any other special moments during shows that you've attended or uh, stories? Um, it sounds like you've gone with your son, and yeah, yeah. My oldest son went. He, in fact, um, he went to the show in in Norfolk. Um, my uh, my middle son and I went to a show in, in uh, Birmingham in '01 and '02. Um, um, I'm don't remember if it was 01 or 02 but it was it was that tour and um oh i can't remember marianne who's who's the singer that in your, you're related to i mean and amy he pulled amy lou harris up on the stage oh very nice yeah now i was just yelling to my wife she's she's yes. my uh, she's my producer yes i understand <laughs> um i will tell you um the first time I saw him was in 2002 in Dallas and uh, Don Henley joined him on stage Oh wow! because Don Henley lived in Dallas at the Uh time and they did, I fought the law. Right. Oh man. And so in uh, during the, um, during the wrecking ball and kind of with the, the high hopes tour, right. They, they were in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And I just knew someone was going to join him on stage, right? I just yeah. like it's oh, you, Nashville, you think that. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and no one did, and, <laughs> and, and and I can't say I was disappointed, but that would have been very cool for Emily Harris to join him or see that. That's neat. It was it, it was it was pretty cool. It, it, yeah, and and that's that's really the. Um, I mean, I've never been in the pit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, always always had to see um, a special. Uh, tour we had was in 16 when I he, he did the, the river tour and yeah and I took my she's my wife now we we married later that year and then that, that was her first time seeing seeing Springsteen she was a, she was a fan and and the funny thing about that just a row behind us was my daughter-in-law my oldest son and her mom 
Oh, and nice. This was <laughs> yeah. And so that, that, that was, and yeah, we had no idea they were, they mm-hmm. were there. And, and so, so that, that was, it was, and that kind of shows how he, he affects, you know, just generational. Um, I went to a yes. show in Nashville and my son and his wife, the, the same daughter-in-law, I saw yeah. them there like two sections over and I had no idea. Oh, that's great. That they were going to be there. That's so, good. Yeah. Um, so do you have favorite albums? You've already talked about how much you love Letter to You, but do you have favorite albums or songs that have meant something significant to you in your life? Um, yeah, like, like I said, uh, growing up, uh, my hometown, I, and um, when in a, the live version of War, um, just the, the sheer emotion in, in that song. And then when he, you know, when he has the lead up, you know, because uh, blind, blind faith will, you know, can get you killed. And yeah. you know, again, going back to, you know, the sixties and, and the seventies and, uh, and, but I guess album wise, it just, just born to run. It, it just, it just struck a chord from, from beginning to end. Um, and I think, I think that'd be, that'd be the one out, out album wise. It just, uh, mm-hmm just resonate in fact uh i'm trying to figure out which which song for for uh to play for my funeral mm-hmm. yeah uh we are reaching that point yes yeah um, <laughs> you know and i you you mentioned something earlier about how 9-11 may have revitalized you know re-energized i also think one of the things is taking that break and then doing the rising tour you i think a lot of baggage from the the past of the band was gone yeah so now then they when they get together there is just this joy of playing together i don't know about you bud but when um i was at one of I, i ended up getting to go to four of the river um the full river shows in 2016 and you know, you watch them play and there was a joy and you, and it was this, they realized the road in front of them is shorter than the road behind them. Yeah. Right? They were having fun again. Yeah. And, and just enjoying in the saying, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think like Maureen said, I don't know if this is, there is no plans for this to be the last album that the E Street Band does, Letter to You, but there is a, uh, a sense of hopefulness, but also a sense of reviewing and seeing the past, you know, embracing that past in this. Exactly. Yeah. That, and that's, that, and that is, that is a good, good way to, to look at it. Cause um, it, it, you have the retrospective, but then, yeah, like you said, the road, the road ahead is shorter yeah. Than, yeah. than the road, road behind. Absolutely. So, but if we get a chance and we will one day get another tour, Yes. Are there songs that you haven't heard him do live that you are on your wish list? Um, well, one of the ones that I finally got to hear was uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Okay. Because <laughs> it was just the timing of, of the show, and, and that came in at Nashville, right. a Nashville show. Um, I think I've only heard uh, – well, no, I can't say I've only heard Born in USA once because I saw that in Virginia. Um, uh I, I haven't heard um, Kitty's Back. Okay. And that's that's one of those fun songs, too, um, he, hearing the live versions lately. And, uh, you know, see, I can I can see them just 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 having a, a, a good old time with it. Um, you know, I finally heard Rosalita um, just a couple of times in, in the shows because I know he had stopped playing playing that song and uh yeah but that that was that was one of my favorites in fact uh, i did that in a in a lip sync contest with a, a friend a friend of mine who 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 did the sax part oh how fun <laughs> that sounds really fun and uh yeah we we yeah i had a i had a fun mini mini tour doing doing lip sync back 85 86 nice um, and uh but yeah so that 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 kind of has a, a special thing but yeah i think uh Kitty's back, and 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 I don't know if if I've heard grown up in concert. I probably have, but I think it, now it would mean a whole lot more than than it did uh, 
several years, several years ago. Yeah, I can see that. Do, um, you know, I, 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 I really am, I'm curious, like, you know, they've announced that they're going to do, uh, as we're recording this, it's the first part of December. Um, this will probably come out, um, toward the end of the year or maybe into January. I've, I'm trying to book some shows in advance, but mm-hmm. you know, they're talking about, you know, they're playing Saturday Night Live and there's yeah. the, the speculation of what are they going to play? And, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I'm excited because, you know, when they did the river box set, you know, they, they played and they did meet me in the city and, you know, and they closed with Santa Claus is coming to town. So I'm, right. I'm really curious what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, you, you'd almost have to assume they would do something Christmassy, at least one of, one of the songs. And yeah. the, the, the one I just uh, saw that somebody had just put out that, um, that he did uh, blue Christmas. Yes. That, man, I, that was, that was just, you know, I, I guess the show was the, did it at the carousel. Yes. Uh, years ago. And uh, that, 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 that moved to the top of my uh Springsteen Christmas song. <laughs> oh. you know, I had a Merry Christmas baby and yes. Santa Claus comes down. Just the way he did it and the way they, they were all just watching them all yes. have, a, have a good old time uh, playing it. And, yeah. And, you know, Ken Rosen talked about that on his, you know, um, his blog, right? That that's yeah. actually yep. the official last time Clarence played with the band. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, a, what, that's what got me to watch it too. See, cause yeah. I saw the first show without Clarence that was in Atlanta. Okay. And, uh, that was really, really surreal. Um, they, they had a spotlight on the stool where he would be sitting. Wow. And, um, and his sax was on you know, the sax holder. And then he also had a spotlight at Danny's keyboard. Mm-hmm. So it, that was, that was, you know, you know, people were going well okay how are they going to react they blew the house they broke you know knocked the house down they yeah. they really did a great job and he he did not shy about bringing jake out letting jake yeah. take take and it's like uh you know he i guess he had to let jake know okay you're you're one of us you've got it yeah and i do think and i think um you know the you know, originally, right, the Wrecking Ball tour, you had the horn section, and then yeah. during the river, they were able to, Jake, and I thought that was a neat moment, too, in the documentary, right, where he says, you know, Jake Clemens' initial recording session with the E Street Band, and you got to thinking, that's right, he's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's <laughs> toured, but they have not recorded, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you had to take a pause, go, yeah, <laughs> you know, that, that's, 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 that was a, you know, and that was good that, you know, I know there were some folks saying, well, why isn't he on there more? Well, there, there are several albums that Clarence doesn't have a whole lot of parts. And so, so there, you know, there's the going on and on that, oh, are they you know, leaving him behind? Or, you know, yeah. Just chill. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was, um, that's good. Um, so, okay, bud, what have I not asked you that I should have? Um, I don't know. Let's see. Okay. Um, I don't have a notepad, so I... <laughs> okay, no, that's okay. Um, I do have to ask you, um, based on some of your answers, I, um, I, I, I get the feeling you are a blue ball in a very red state. <laughs> very, man, yeah. Oh, oh. In fact, my congressman is Mo Brooks, and I don't know what you've seen. Oh my he, goodness! Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. What, and he he made the, he made the news lately because he's saying that he's going to be one who's going to question the the count, which yes. Was, and I'm going, you know, holy cow. Yeah. Well, you know, here in Texas, right? Uh, I was just telling my <laughs> wife, and um, I apologize, listeners. We'll get off politics in a minute, right? But I I. I wrote both to Ted Cruz and John Corwin the hypocrisy of you guys didn't feel, you know, Merrick Garland didn't even get a hearing. Yeah. <laughs> and then you this, you know, Amy Barrett Cohen, whether you agree with her or not, I mean, the idea that let's be consistent, right, in the hypocrisy. Right. right. And both of them answered the emails with 
all her qualifications, <laughs> you know, and just, we were proud to vote her for. Well, and, yeah. it, and I was just like, at least own it, at least say, yeah, I could see why you're frustrated that, yeah, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, but, you weren't questioning her qualifications, you were questioning yes. why the timing, I mean, you know, yeah. what, you know, what's good for the goose should be good for the gander, so to Absolutely. speak. Absolutely, yes, um, my, my wife says this all the time, she's like, <laughs> we live here in texas we we are you know uh just we are you know, like she's like we need to live in austin austin is a blueberry in the strawberry state and uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah yeah and so um yeah i just i had to think that I, that's got to be interesting uh this has been great uh before i oh, let you go uh we got to ask you the merry question so uh <laughs> jay armstrong is an honors english teacher in the philadelphia area and every year um, he takes his seniors and they spend two days studying Thunder Road, going through the lyrics, talking about the imagery. Um, they talk about the themes of the song. Uh, they compare it to Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken, among other oh, wow. things. And then at the end of the two days, Jay looks at his class and says, does Mary get in the car? <laughs> so I, I think I've seen a t-shirt with that on there. Yes, I? there is. So, Bud, that is your question. Uh, does Mary get in the car? Does Mary get in the car? I I think she does. Okay. Um, I think she does. It's uh um because that just would enhance her ride and and um and it it would answer her questions about the driver of of the car. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, and I think it's obvious that there is some some chemistry between he the between the hero and and Mary, and yes. so I I I I think she does particularly since I'm I'm just stretching that I'm saying it's a convertible so she doesn't have to worry about being it being in a car and not not being able to get out if the hero turns out to be just a really weirdo. <laughs> I like that angle. I like that angle a lot. That's good. Good. Well, thank you, sir. This is perfect. Um, if someone wants to reach you, uh, I, how can they? Um, uh, my emails, uh, I can give that. Uh, it's uh, budmclaughlin7, B-U-D-M-C-L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N-7 at gmail.com. And I've got a Twitter. My Twitter account is bud33, B-U-D-D-3-3. And Facebook, which is how we you and I have connected. Yeah. So I'm on, on Facebook too. That sounds great. And uh, um, what are you working on? You, you were talking about your writing. So um, I'm editing a couple stories for our, for the next issue of the Huntsville Business Journal. Uh, we've got a we've got a Wahlburgers opening up here, um, which is um, the hamburger joint by uh, Donnie, uh, Mark, and her brother Phil. And, ah. uh, 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 Huntsville's, uh, Huntsville's, uh, getting, getting really, really big. Um, we've got, you know, a couple of developments going. Um, so that's, that's basically what I'm doing now. And I'll, I'll do the occasional blog for the, for the city. Um, they have what's called city blog, very fitting. Okay. Yeah. And, I, and I, you know, I, I've done some pieces for that and, okay. and that, that's about it outside of a reading and, and seeing what's going on on your, you know, like you said, MSNBC and <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, Rachel we, rocks. <laughs> yes, it does. Rachel does rock. Um, we, uh, yes, we do. Uh, we, uh, Joy, Nicole, and her were just the three of them were just uh -huh. amazing. Just watching that, and so yes, it's very, very fun. Um, so that's great. Um, thank you, Bud. This is amazing. I appreciate your time sharing your stories. I, uh, I can only imagine young bud signing <laughs> autographs in the student center. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for liking this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, yeah that's, I, I, I look back and go, I can't believe I, you know, had, had the waybos to do that. I mean, that's Oh yeah. Just, <laughs> that's, I, it's just crazy. Well, I could see you doing that till it started getting that like, okay, look, I, you know, hey, I've got to stop, right? Like, this yeah. is it. Uh, you know, and there's probably someone that like, oh, yeah, I met Bruce. He was at the student union. And I, I so, know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but you had nothing but love in your heart for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and the local and the campus paper did a story. The headline was fake singer fool students, you know, very, very alliterative and had a picture (laughs) of me and, you know, Uh, and, and, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was just, just a trick. I was, you know, maybe get a couple more people went to the show because, because of that. That's nice. (laughs) Um, I think what's, what's, what we need now is um, some way to get to um, Bruce's people and go, okay, Back in the seventies, you offered me a chance to ride around. <laughs> so can I? Can I? Can I? I got a rain check. Can, can I use can this I, now? Can I catch it in now? <laughs> yes, exactly. So that sounds great. All right. Uh, thank you so much, sir. Listeners, you please stay safe. Remember to social distance. Remember to wash your hands. Uh, remember to wear an effing mask. Um, we we are going to get through this. But the only way we're going to do is by uh, being smart and taking care of each other and being good to each other. But for now, be good, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. This podcast would not be possible without the love and support of my listeners, and specifically my patrons. Thank you very much to Levi Petrie, Elizabeth Bronson, Stephen Malio, Holly Mack, Steve Rogers, Dale Hosick, Terry Smith, Anna Lynn, Chris Bloom, and Mary Thomas. Thank you all for your support. It is greatly appreciated. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. Said Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.